south of the border Down Mexico way That's where I fell in love When the stars above came out to play And now as I wander My thoughts ever stray South of the border Down Mexico way Hello, welcome to Top Shelf, where we discuss food, spirits, and all the other things that make life worth living. We are your hosts, I am Adam, and I am joined by Rex. Hello. Today we are recording from the former home of the Little Cave in Highland Park, the latest concept from the mind of 1933 restaurant group frontman, Bobby Green. The bar was purchased and remodeled to look like a Mexican grotto and renamed La Covita. La Covita is a popular hangout for the locals, while also drawing in those that would like a taste of Mexico. And if the taste of Mexico is what you crave... They have an impressive selection of tequila and mezcal, along with a signature drink that the 1933 group is known for. From the rustic wood beam ceiling to the brick walls, to the authentic antiques from Mexico, to the agave-based spirits, La Cuvita gives a bar experience like no other. Today we are joined by Sol. Hi, Sol. Uh, how are you doing? Good. Uh, what, is, what is it you do for, for the bar? I am bartender. I'm managing it, too. Okay. And how long have you been doing that? I've been working here for around... Five years. Five years. Okay. So you've seen it through uh, all of its ups and downs, all of the uh, kind of uh, transformations that it's gone through. Yeah, I guess. I'm sure it had other transformations. It's been open for almost a decade, so I'm sure on the five years before me, a lot of things happened, too. Okay. So you were here before the remodel, uh, and obviously after. Was it a big change? It was a very slow moving change. Uh, Every time we would come here and there would be something different, like first were the carpets, then the chandeliers and the windows and every every time we, we would come there would be something new oh wow there's this there's that okay and at first we weren't even knowing why that was happening or where it was going to go or what was going on but there were little changes here and there and then finally close to the reopening day they did everything so fast and if you were here before and you stopped coming for a while and you would step back in it would be like twilight so Okay. It's you, like you make it sound kind of traumatic. You're no, like, it's it not so... traumatic. It's great. Like, <laughs> there would be there were no windows at all. It was black. It did have its charisma before, and it was a great place in that regard. Uh, but it's completely turned into like a complete different thing. But it's still kind of cozy. I think it's closer and more inviting now. There's more love in it. I see. Uh, and I think that's what happened because I believe that this was one of the, the first bars that they opened. And they have a few other bars, and they're really nice bars, and they're successful. And I think that after so many years, they looked back here and decided to put the love and that they would have wanted to do in the first place. Oh, that makes and, sense. And, you know, I make it look the way they, I guess, they intended to. Because, you know, when you first start something, you can't, there's so much you can do. But after you build all this, you know, I then think that's what they did. Them. They look back and they say, okay, let's, let's put some love on this one, too. So I think they did a great job. That's cool. Uh, we've actually gone through your entire cocktail list while we were here this last time. Did you, did, uh, did you try it all? We tried everything. Everything. And we also tried everything on uh, the happy hour menu. And I think the, the the big highlight for me was definitely the, the one that had uh, mezcal in it that was on the happy hour menu, not on the actual signature drink menu, yeah. because what it had was a type of mezcal. I don't know if this is common to all mezcals, because I, I wasn't as familiar as I probably should be. Uh, right. And... I noticed that it was kind of peaty like scotch. 
Well, that's that's a good comparison because if when people have never had um, scallop, I always ask them if they're familiar with scotch, and to me, it's the eyelids. It's the equivalent because it's a process in which it's done that makes it smokier. So yeah. most mezcals are smoky. Yeah, and I thought that was that threw me for a complete loop because the little knowledge that I had about mezcal was basically that it's kind of like tequila and it's in the way they make it, but it's not completely. And then the way that everything characterizes it when you read up on it is that it's kind of like tequila, but it's not as good. Or oh no, it's way different. It's, it's like it's, the same as uh, no. It's it's not that it's good or bad. I think they're both. I don't for actually for spirits. Well, there's some th- stuff that's really bad. <laughs> but other than that, like, there's people that like, that love vodka. To me, vodka is like tofu. It just grabs whatever taste you put to it, you know? Yes. But there's people that love vodka. There's people that love tequila. There's people that can't even smell tequila. So I think, like, the same for scotch. There's people that like blends. There's people that like eilis and the peat. And there's people that can even stand that. Same thing for mezcal and tequila. So I think that there's some great mezcals. I mean, there's differences in... What types of agave you can use? Tequila has to only be the blue agave, yeah. and mezcal mm-hmm. is different. You can use the most popular is espadín, but you can use different ones, so you can have different flavors and altitude on this and that. And so it's, I think tequila is like a mezcal, but mezcal can be tequila because okay. because uh, to be tequila it can only be blue agave. Yeah, that's that's how I felt. I felt like when when I was tasting it. Tequila is is kind of limited in the way that it kind of can express itself because it has a very structured fermentation process and distillation process when you're looking at how they take the pineapple and then they, you know, ferment it and everything and uh, what do they, like, grill it, right? I think they grill the pineapples. But when you look at the way they do mezcal, the way they, the, the, the room they have to wiggle is a lot more. So they're, they're not put in this kind of box of how they can produce it. And because of that, you have mezcal that has a much wider range of flavors, like you said. With scotch, you can speaking, have, like, highlands, lowlands, aisles. Yeah. Uh, speaking of range, to me, personally, like, I've, I, I drink a lot. I haven't yeah. drinking since I was very young, and, like, <laughs> I, I've tried a lot of stuff. And As you should be. You're a bartender. It's quality but, assurance. And I exactly. moved here not that long ago. So where I come from, my options were kind of limited for everything. Even for beer, we mainly had lagers. So when I moved here, I was like, wow, it's like a whole new horizon of new yeah. things to try. So it's pretty exciting. It's like a kid in a toy store. Woo! <laughs> and then for a moment, it, it seemed like, ah. it's not that I've tried it all, but it was like, mm. and then... And then when I realized there were so many different types of mezcal, I was like, oh, this is a new world to right. investigate. And there's also, like, agave spirits that don't fall into, like, either or. So if you start looking over there, it's, like, a new thing to... Oh, really? What 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 kind of stuff is that? It's it's not made with blue agave, but it doesn't have the process for mezcal, so it's not smoky and this and that, so it falls, like, somewhere in the middle. So they're, they're, they, they're more aromatic, I guess. Interesting. But they're not as... I don't don't believe they're too high in um, alcohol. And they're also not smoky, but they also... They kind of... I don't know. But uh, the the, the drink that you were talking about that we had, they did have the mezcal in it. Smoky margarita? The... The smoky, that was that was one as well. We, like I said, we tried everything that was on the menu pretty much. What, what I enjoyed the most was the the mescalada, the scorpion mezcal. They had the the clamato, the roasted poblano peppers, fresh lemon juice, corona, and then uh, some smoked salt on the top. That that to me was was my favorite because I guess of the clamato, which I'm a huge fan of Bloody Marys. Oh and, yeah, and that kind of is 
I guess, some version of that? That was probably my number two out, out of everything that I tried, and especially because I feel like it's it's really, really hard to make a decent michelada. Right. Because when... I guess I'm just not a big fan of Michelada, but I'm, I'm a huge fan of Bloody Mary, so when one tastes like a Bloody Mary, I'm a huge fan of it. Right, exactly. But this one in particular, I don't know who made it, but it seemed like there was a lot of testing that went into that, and, and the beer that goes into it is also, um, I didn't know it was just Corona, but it really adds yeah. like a little bite to it, and and there's enough of it in there where the carbonation really kind of like, you feel, you taste that when you when you, uh, when you you drink it. Yeah, a lot of the uh, the drink specials do involve beer. What do you mean? The, the Maguey de Mezcal, that has a, uh, a ginger beer in it. Oh, but ginger beer is not actually beer. It's, oh, is uh, that right? it's It's non-alcoholic, and it's it's like a ginger brew. It has a, a kick to it. Aha. Uh-huh. But it's like, it's right. very not, it's not like beer. Good like to know. Didn't know that. Fantastic. And you see, it's saying happy hour. I think that our happy hours are like pretty ex- like long in time. Our hours are pretty... On Sundays, it's 2 to 10, so it's 8 hours yeah. of happy hour, and there's a bunch of options. Like, and then that's pretty I, relevant, because like, since we open so late, we can have the advantage of uh, being able to have a late-night happy hour, because the happy hour goes to 10 p.m. Right. So when most happy hours end, hours starts. Right. So we're yeah. kind of going against traffic. You know, right. when you, when you work good. at a bar, you're always going against traffic. You go to a grocery store when it's empty, you know. No, <laughs> you're I, trying I, to I, do I, that. Yeah. It makes sense. I mean, just I, I used to bartend yeah. for a long while, and it's the same exact thing. And I mean, the happy hour till 10 p.m. is basically unheard of. Uh, most of the places that that are out there, it's like seven, seven thirty latest. Maybe they have a second happy hour, but that's very, very rare. Or if you work like a regular job, with obviously we don't like nine to five. If you wanted to hit happy hour, you have to go straight from work. You couldn't go home, like shower, eat. And I know. Go to I, bar. I you have to like pretty much. Run over an old lady to get to the bar on (laughs) time so that my tab's not ridiculous. I've done that before. Yeah, which is cream. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we we came in on a Tuesday, which is the uh, the Taco Tuesday, which is it's it's a big thing for for La Covita. I think it's something that people anybody that knows the bar knows about it and gets excited about it. Uh, it's just something that's raved on by pretty much all the reviews that I've read on, on Yelp or anything. They're always talking about Taco Tuesday. Yeah, who doesn't Tuesday. want free tacos? Exactly. And, and, and oh they, they were amazing. They were oh, amazing. they're incredible. Yes. He's awesome. He takes, it's not just tacos, a little thing that he, someone flops something on it and you take two bites and it's done. Right. He actually takes care of, his, of what new salsa that he's doing. Do you think mango would work with this and that? And he's always trying, he sells like, like a new experience and taste or something like that. <laughs> but he always has like different, the fire sauce and the this, and he right. has like uh, avocados and cucumbers. It's insane, like all the stuff he puts in. <laughs> and like, you know, so it's, I think that's why it makes him different that. Yeah, yeah. And there's there's like a whole spread of things you can put on it as well. Like it's yeah. not just the meat. There's all kinds of things. There's a table full of, yeah. of things you can add to it, and the line is is constantly long. We actually were getting back in line a couple times to uh, enjoy the tacos because it just it was one was not enough. <laughs> <laughs> one of each was not enough. Even maybe two or three of each. It, it was it was amazing. Well, it, it also had gotten to the point where one or one of everything on the, the cocktail list and the happy hour menu wasn't enough either. <laughs> yes, <laughs> we ended up having two or three of, of a couple different things. Yeah, like the mescalada. That that one, I think I had two or three of those. Absolutely, those, those were really really good. Yeah, and and the, and the place got very packed for the Taco Tuesday. It's always kind of busy, and there's DJs every night, and and they, I mean. It's, 
it's always a set night for each DJ, except for Thursdays, so there's rotating DJs. But Tuesdays, it's Carolyn's night, and it, and she plays, like, 80s music and stuff like that. So it's kind of been an 80s sort of night as well. So it's, like, you get free tacos, $5 okay. margaritas, like, Carolyn playing 80s, and... I That's know, cool, though. I mean, it was it was elbow room only, I think. Yeah, night, absolutely. Really. And I think the other thing is, like, what we try to do here is... Because um, you were saying about the drinks being kind of crafted, as it's said now, because mixology is kind of right. out, I guess. It's also... I, I'm not going to get into it. <laughs> we don't, like, we don't want to be that, uh, but we want to have the option to have really good cocktails and... All the juices we use are fresh juices. Our margaritas are not made with premix. We mm-hmm. don't have we don't have roses lime in the house. Like, oh, you're a scratch bar. Uh, every yeah, the lime juices, the lemons, the everything is healthy, natural, and good. And we have, you know, so we, we have the potential of making really good craft drinks with the fruits we have and everything. And all of our tenders are trained to that, but we don't want to be that because at the same time we want to be like your neighborhood bar. Then the bar that you go. After you come back from work and you want a beer, and if you want a Jack and Coke, you won't have or whatever like three Jaeger bombs. You won't have like someone next to you looking at, oh, why is he not ordering aviation? You know, you know. So it has, it's like, <laughs> like a mixture of both worlds. So you can get like different drinks or try new flavors and other things, and still get the the fun of drinking. You know, like so whatever suits you. Okay. Uh, the, uh, the the cocktail menu you were talking about was uh, was crafted by Jared Mort, mm-hmm. and also by Cooper Giuseppe. Is that right? <laughs> Something like that. Okay. And uh, how much how much input were you able to put into the the menu as well? I wasn't part of that process at the moment. But the, but they they crafted it themselves, and I assume they based on they kind of I think they stepped on like on like for example like the mescalada mm-hmm. is like a variation on a michelada. Right. But it's way different. It has the mezcal, it has the polano with this and that. So I guess they stepped on, like, known sort of familiar drinks and make them something different or something better that was more suiting with what the bar is going for. Okay. What would you say is the most popular drink that is ordered? I know. They're all they're all pretty equal. I think people really like La Cuevita, which is our house drink. And okay. that also has crema and mezcal. Which it's mezcal. Like, as I say, for the ladies, because it's sweetened with agave. Okay. And it's really delicious. And the ginger beer and St. Germain. And that's really refreshing. There's also people that like the piñaleta a lot. And that's like, uh, love it or hate it, because it has cayenne. And it's, and it also says piña makes you think of pineapples. And people are looking for like a really sweet pineapple, but it's kind of not. So there's those that absolutely love it. And those that are kind of, um, I was expecting Malibu pineapple. Um, <laughs> and, and then, uh, the mole Manhattan is also, it's the same, same way. I think with piñaleta, people love it. It's really chocolatey and orange and has a spice to it. So it seems like someone you would drink right before going to sleep pretty much. Or that way you sit with a newspaper, I think. I agree with that. Sipping on it, you know, next okay. to a fireplace in a snow yeah. cabin. Something like that. All right, very good. No, that's how I felt yeah, drinking not fantastic. it. I remember that. <laughs> and and then the berry smash. It's just a vodka based drink. It's fruity. It has real berries, blackberries in it, and mint and lemon. So it's that one's also very popular because people are all that you can drink four of those without, you know, without noticing. And then the jalapeno <laughs> margarita. I love that one because that has cilantro oh, in right. it, and it's like a yeah. jalapeno, jalapeno infused tequila. So when you add the fresh cilantro in it and shake it, 
when you when you first bring a nose to your glass, it's like whoo, cilantro, and I yeah, love that. It's like a salsa margarita more, right? Because <laughs> yeah. you take the jalapeno, and then you mix it in there with the cilantro, and it just comes out that way. Yeah, and then you also good. add honey and grapefruit juice, too. Yeah, honey and grapefruit. Taste. Yeah, no, it's good. Yeah, it's, it's it, really it was, well balanced. It was very, it was very, very good. And something oh. new that you're going to start is uh, going to be the flights of tequila and mezcal, right? Yeah. Do you want to uh, talk about that a little bit? Sure. Uh, he's going to help me out because he's the one that has been working on choosing which ones would be more appropriate. But we're going to have uh, somewhere in September, uh, we're going to start doing flights. We're going to have uh, a, tequila, a, a tequila flight with blancos, reposados, and añejos, you, your choice, and then an introduction to mezcal and a high-end mezcal. Because we have some bottles that are 40 bucks a shot. <laughs> Wow. That is rare that someone would ever get the chance to try it. Yeah. But our flights are going to be so well-priced that anyone, if they were wanting to, could have the chance of experiencing something like that. Okay. Very good. This, this is Dan, by the way, yes. for other people that are off-air. The uh, flights. It's a, kind of looking forward to it. I think it is a, a chance, indeed, for people to... They may not know that much about the spirits. Uh, get an idea to try some different ones next to each other. You can compare and... See, um, I know on the, the Blanco flight, we've got two Highland selections. The Corzo uh, comes in that big, square, unique bottle. Uh, and then we've got the uh, Siete Leguas, which is a, another really, really good uh, Blanco tequila. Very smooth, very fruity. And that's a characteristic you'll find with a lot of the, the Highland tequilas. They tend, as a whole, I mean, not always, but as a whole, to be, uh, yeah, may, maybe a little bit, Lighter, a little bit fruitier, and I think that comes from the higher altitude. They get much more rain, so the okay. agaves they grow bigger as a whole. And then from the from the lowlands, uh, we've got the Herradura, big name, big label, but it's it's a good it's a good quality spirit. And the fun thing about the Herradura Blanco is it's actually aged a little bit. A Blanco can be aged up to forty five days, so there's a tiny touch of color if you notice the bottle of the. On the on the blanco, so that gives it just a little, kind of rounds out a little bit, a little more, bit of a woodsiness to it. But uh, no, that's that, that's good too. Then we've got the the, the reposado flight. Um, got chamucos. That's another another Highlands tequila. Um, kind of fun, playful label. A little demon flying around on there. Nice. Hacienda um, Vieja, which is the original, uh, the original distiller for Casadores. Yeah. Um, oh. Broke away from that, and he'd signed some agreement, I think, for like five or six years. He couldn't produce any tequila, but finally, once that passed, uh, then he was able to put out his, his own. So this, when you have Hacienda Vieja, you're having the original Casadores okay. recipe. That's and it's a little cool. bit cheaper and just as good. Beautiful. That's always, that's always fun. Yeah, yeah. And... That's actually a history lesson right there. Most people, no, it, well, because most people don't know that once Mexico kind of uh, let people come in and produce tequila, they, the, all the major manufacturers of tequila in Mexico sold their labels uh, to bigger name companies, and they signed these ag agreements saying they wouldn't produce, mm. so that the, the companies can kind of like take control of the brand. Right. So the people that own like Casadores, the people that own the, all the like really big name brands of tequila, are no longer the people that used to produce it. Huh. And now those people are now coming out with new brands to, to with the original recipes that they used to produce on that are like really killer tequilas, and they're not uh, extravagantly priced, basically, right? Sure, yeah, you, you'll see that. I mean, again, with, with uh, Siete Leguas, uh, they used to make Patron. And there you Patron go. Patron got, you know, huge and was sold to uh, 
I think the Paul. yeah Paul Paul Mitchell I think it's something like that. Yeah. <laughs> so it's yeah yeah there's there's so much out there and you know people want to come in and it's always like oh give me a shot of Patron or maybe Don Julio or something and so we like to be able to offer some alternatives to that. I mean we'll give you that we've got Patron we've got Don Julio there's nothing wrong with those they're good they're fine but I think there's other ones that are maybe a little more interesting uh, a little more esoteric and often a little bit less expensive. So these tequilas that you are going to be having for the flight, do you currently carry them now? Or yes, sir. Everything that we have that's on the flights, which you know, it just hasn't. It's come together the in this month. But yeah, we've got all the bottles. They're here. Uh, everything's in in stock and inventory, and uh, just kind of waiting to get everything put together, and we'll have a kind of official launch for okay. that coming up in the next few weeks. So this is a way to introduce people to a different type of tequila or, or mezcal or that they may not be used to. Yeah, exactly. It's uh, Again, I mean, it, it's designed for, well, for both the, 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 the novice, I guess, uh, the curious, as well as people that just want to maybe try some things next to each other. And I think that's a great way to learn more about the spirits is when you can compare and contrast them. Because there's, I mean, there's subtle differences between you know, each bottle. Okay. So it's, it's not, well, I guess, how often would somebody come in and order these uh, tequilas that are not the usual name brands that we're familiar with, the, the, the Patrones, the Casadores? Not, not as often as I'd like, but I think people are getting, I mean, at least, in, in, and I feel that our job is to kind of expose, uh, expose the folks to more of that while they're here. But, uh, you know, I, I, again, if somebody comes in and wants to try something new, I mean, we, we've got... Everybody here has, has sampled a bunch of tequilas, maybe not all of them, but enough to at least feel uh, comfortable talking about it and making recommendations. Okay. Exactly. That's where you get a most of your leeway is when people come in and they go, let me, let me try something new. And then they, you go, well, what do you usually like? And then right. that's your chance to really kind of get them, introduce them to something new that, that they're going to like a lot usually. I mean, that's when, when uh, bartenders have elbow room. Okay. Yeah, we had for a while, we were all trying... Weekly, different types of tequila and different types of mezcal, and discussing it between each other and finding the stories and like and like Corso the well the yeast is fermenting they put classical music or you know mm-hmm. little and we would comment so what do you what do you think about this one so at least if someone would come and ask for something or what do you think about this or that we would have an idea it's we have a full wall of mezcal and three shelves of tequila so sometimes it's some of those get kind of on the back burner and you forget about them. But for the most, we, I think we know our tequilas pretty well. That, that is, um, sounds like an awesome job to have. Be able to sit around, taste tequilas, and talk about it. That's, and, that's, and that's the work research for you. Well, now you know why I like bartenders. Yeah, so see, that's, it's, that's amazing. It's research and development. You're not a good bartender unless you're an alcoholic. Right. You have to be a little bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Don't show me a sober bartender. I'm not even going to talk to him. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, we were talking a little bit about the clientele, people that come in that may not know the tequilas, but as, as far as just people in general that come into the bar, how would you describe them? I think we have a very eclectic mix of people that come in. I think is in the same way as we were saying before that we are neither craft bar okay. nor a rock and roll bar. I don't know what you say. How, how do you say it? Okay. In the same way that we're neither or, like or we're both. I think for the crowd that comes here, I think it's the same thing. We get people from the neighborhood that got out of work and want to have a couple of drinks. We get groups of young people, groups of like older folks. We get people that want to dance and party and people that just want to sit and sip on their cocktails and I think it's good because it 
it seems like everyone's fine with, with each other and it makes it not like, oh, a bar for this type of people or a bar in which this type of people go. I think it's very welcoming for everyone to come. Okay. And if, like, if you come on any night, you can see it yourself. It's like, just people of all yeah. ages, sizes, forms, and colors. It's like, and everyone's, it's cool. Yeah, everyone seemed to be getting along. There was no yeah. Yeah, it's good. Uh, animosity, I think, and yeah. it was towards anybody else. Everyone was yeah, just here for a good time. I would have to say that. Some bars, when you get into them, the, there's a certain kind of like tense nature in the air. There's just a, there's a tensity, intensity there. Yeah. And, yeah. And you walk here, in and you see all the faces. Yeah. 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 And the, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> the record scratches on, yeah. the, on the jukebox. But here it was all just people having a good time. Very casual, very relaxed atmosphere, even though it was high energy. Yeah. Um, there's another thing that you t- uh, we talked about earlier off air, and I thought you'd like to bring it up. But basically, you're collaborating with a nonprofit. Oh yeah, because right uh, like if you've ever been to the bar, it's aside from the fact that it's called La Cuevita, which means the little cave. So we're we just became bilingual, as opposed to changing names. All right. Uh, <laughs> um, it's like it's always been decorated with bats, and we had bats all over before. If you went to the bathrooms, there will be. Hundreds of bats looking at you. Now, if you come here, there's most more, more subtle, but you can see bats everywhere you look at. And we're also at Tequila Bar, and well, not really, but you know, we focus on tequila. And bats are the main pollinators of tequila. So if there, w- there were not bats, there would be no tequilas. And bats are actually endangered. So we decided, okay, let's if we're gonna let's just talk about it, do something about it, you know. Um, so we contacted this organization that's called Bat World Sanctuary. And what they do is they, they rescue orphans, they give them a place, it's a non-profit, everyone that works there is a volunteer, and, you know, bats are responsible for, like, almost 500 commercial products, uh, 90 or more medicines, aside from pollinating, and tequila, which is milk pot, then you need bats, too. <laughs> um, <laughs> they also clean the air, they're kind of air filters, they, they because of them, the rainforests uh, are, you know, are... They pollinate and make them regrowth. So you think of bats as who cares, but they're actually invaluable for everyone's, uh, for us. You, you had know? me at tequila. So <laughs> yeah. tequila was Definitely. enough for me. No, we wouldn't be here if there were no bats. So we decided to like do something for them. So we're trying to help them out with our donations. Like as bartenders, every night we put like some bucks in there from our tips. Uh, Yesterday, we gave away shirts, and if you donated, like, five bucks, you would get a shirt, and we're trying to get more stuff to get people to do something, or even take, like, the flyers or the books that are lying around everywhere, and just go home and think about it for a minute, and maybe realize all the things that you don't look at and how important they are to your life, and you just, you know, yeah, they're not ugly, they're cute, you know? Yeah. <laughs> they have such a bad rep, but... Well, you don't have to sell it on me, I like bats. Yeah, yeah me too. Yeah, I'm good. Oh, awesome. That's lower. Yeah. All right. Very good. So you can go to uh, batworld.org to, uh, to learn more and to donate as well. And they got all kinds of stuff that they're doing. They got programs, the uh, Adopt a Bat program, which uh, sounds interesting. I'd, I'd like to uh, adopt a bat, I think. But, but that doesn't mean I can take it home, right? It's no, just... no. That's oh, okay. like they're so against that. Yeah. <laughs> but there's also like little things that they have for kids to do and build their bat houses. And they have a lot of Very stuff cool. on their site. Very cool. Yeah, so you were talking about the uh, the decor on it, and we probably should uh, talk about it because it is not the typical bar as far as the way that everything looks. It, it's very it, – it feels like you're kind of at home if you live in Mexico, I, I would say. It, it, I have a very Mexico feel about it because I have family that's in Mexico that I, I visited, and this this look is kind of more, I think, of the – a throwback to the, the olden days of Mexico. 
Like nowadays, uh, the houses are more modernized a little bit, but this this kind of it, it, it does feel like Mexico. Like it, what you ever see in the movies and stuff. Uh, for like, uh, first thing that comes to mind is the uh, that George Clooney movie with the vampires. <laughs> That's From a, dust till dawn. Dust till dawn. Yeah. That's how Mexico is. <laughs> for people that have never been to Mexico, that's exactly how no, Mexico no, no. I'm is. I'm talking about the look of the bar. Cheech Marin in at least three scenes. <laughs> yeah, that that was a. Uh, the, exactly the, like that. The, the feel of the bar. That's what I, I feel like when I when I when I first walked in. Is as I guess that's, that's what I got. What, what did you get, Rex? Uh, no, I know. Th- I mean, I dig it. It's rustic. It kind of looks like a place that you might go uh, at a actual place where they distill tequila to uh, go do tasting. It looks like a tequila tasting room. Okay. For me, I think that you got a kind of like a Southwest feel. Like it used to be a large, large patio. And now it's enclosed, and they wanted to make it more intimate. Um, and it's definitely kind of like. A happy place between cozy and you can also serve high-end stuff here so i mean that's i think that's really cool i think it's funny the way uh the way things were made too aside from the fact that bobby uh is a huge collector of various things and he's he wanted to make this bar as accurate as possible so if you look up in the decorations and stuff the little things he puts here and there that are like subtle touches they are all very in tune and but uh also the the materials or things are done with. Like, if you see the walls, this walls, if you look at the flights for the tequilas, they're made from the scratches from this walls. Oh. So everything is made from, like, you know, recycled and re-recycled and made done. So that's, I also think, makes it look even more cozier because it's all, like, and everyone from here did, did the stuff, you know? Like, I did some of the, I did some of the bats, and, you know, it's it's not that... We hired someone, and oh, what's the what's the budget for turning this into like a Mexican bar? You know, okay. <laughs> you know. Um, so I think that has something to, something to say. Like, for example, Bobby came and put the little leather things there and hammered it, and you know, and Miguel who works here did a bunch of stuff, and you know, it's like it kind of grew from within. I think. Okay. Of course, they had an idea and of the big things that they wanted to do, like the bars now look like this, but it's not like. Okay. And, and then they, that makes it more legit. And there's other stuff, too, that's pretty cool. Like, if you look at there on top, there's little windows that have the... There are tiny little windows that are on top. When they first started uh, doing modeling, when they bought the place, it had black panels. And they and I remember coming here one day uh, for something, and the place was full of dust. And they were, they'd just taken out the wood paneling, and they had discovered these little windows underneath huh. that were hidden for decades and decades, way before this bar started. 10 years when the other bar before this bar was and all that and they were like and these guys were they were painted and then they were covered so they were scraping everything out to make them original you know the way they were there and you go to the bathroom there's windows that lead to the next door from the building the wall from next door so they're actually windows that were covered by layers so they kind of stripped it down to like the bones you know all right interesting Yes, yeah, so along with the the indoor, there's an outdoor patio. There's also there's an indoor patio where the uh, the Taco Tuesday kind of takes place. Yes. So it's it's there's a lot of different options. There's a lot of things to look at. It's outside, even the, with the, uh, the the pots and the plants, and the inside, there's there's a lot of things to look at to, to kind of ingest. Yeah, there's, yeah. There's a lot to take in for sure. But that what makes it, I think, the the experience. It, it it takes you to a different place. When you walk in the door, it's like you're not you're not in Highland Park anymore. You're not in L.A. You're in La Cuevita, and that's it's, it's become its own. I think that he said since the experience, uh, when as you're getting close to Halloween, and I'm sure if you think of bats and all that stuff, you always think of that time of the year. Yes, we were thinking that this year doing something different instead of just you know making it turn into Knott's Farms. 
there's already one of us. Okay. And we're, we're thinking of what ways to make it someone that was like an experience that you would get and someone that would be cool on like the way that we are here. Okay. So we thought that instead we would do like where the Tango guy said, uh, we would build like a little altar and have it to be like a communal day of the dead thing okay. that we would go through like mid October to November. Nice. So it would start with us to so encourage others to do the same. So it would bring like little things that, that from home and pictures of our all that ones and like make it grow as a, like, like bar community they would respect you know right. but and so it would be something that we all build it as opposed to like side decorations right know? yeah something that you just kind of put together on top of cardboard boxes right yeah covered with some sort of sheet it's made by everybody that's <laughs> uh that comes to the bars whereas the people right. that work here and so it'd be like your space too you know okay so like have fun and like deal the dead style right and and also like make it something worth it that it's good that has some like soul to it i guess yeah and it, it makes it very personal you can bring your friends back look see that piece down there at the bottom yeah. that's mine i put yeah. that there there's also going to be like this girl painting faces like okay oh fun. that's cool nice. so, i dig on that so so you can also have that experience i guess okay so would you, would you say halloween then is probably a busier time for you than, than the rest of the year uh, it might be i think it's our most fun time i think we're all halloween okay. lovers <laughs> like we all love that time of the year so every holiday i think i take halloween over every other okay right. so what if, if you were uh, to recommend someone to come to the bar what, what night would you ask them to come in it depends on what kind of person <laughs> ah very good you're talking if, okay. you, if you want someone really busy if you like a lot of people on like dancing and jumping around like weekends are fun and they're really crowded, then there's always a different special every day of the week. So if you're a huge Jameson fan, you should come on Wednesdays. If you like Jaeger, you should come on Thursday, you know. Mm-hmm. If you, it's kind of like that. There's a uh, Sunday happy hour goes from 2 p.m. till 10 p.m. And uh, we're thinking of other things to do for that day. But there's, al- there's always, as I said, there's also different DJs each night. So you might love whatever music this DJ plays. So that might be your night. Okay. So I think it depends on what you're looking for. Very good. And now uh, we say the uh, the hours of operation: Monday through Saturday from 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. No, that's the happy hour. That's the happy hour. Okay, open daily from 7 p.m. to 2 a.m. I apologize. Uh, from Sundays from 2 p.m. to 2 a.m. So you want to come down check it out? I, I recommend the Taco Tuesday. Well, just because yeah. that's when I came. And Absolutely. That was, that was I don't amazing. work behind the bar on Tacos Tuesdays, but I come to the other side of the bar too. Like, All right. drink and eat tacos. Very good. You guys want to bring you to talk about? No, I just want to thank you guys for coming all the way over here to do okay. this. Okay, our pleasure. Thank you for uh, coming on the show, and uh, we'll put links on the website to the uh, to La Cavita page, also the thebatworld.org. Awesome. And um, and a bunch of pictures. A bunch of pictures. Yes, we we took a lot of pictures of the the scenery, and uh, we'll get some of the drinks on there as well. Cool. All right. So thank you very much, and uh, until next time, I'm Adam. I'm Rex. Uh, I'm Sol. Gila.